Welcome, everybody, to the A-Game Podcast. I'm your host, Dan O'Neill. Beautiful Sunday evening. A lot to get to in the sports world after a busy, busy week in almost every major sport. We had some big NHL games, the NBA playoffs, MLB is heating up after the first month of the season, and the football draft happened. The NFL football draft is complete now. I'm going to be doing a full review on the picks, who I thought won the draft, who I thought lost the draft, every breakdown possible. But first, I want to thank all of you guys for the support, for tuning in as you do. I'm almost at 450 plays on Spotify, so that's amazing to see. Just shows how much growth growth we've already made. Um, so I just want to thank you guys all for that. But I'm going to start in the NBA. I'm going to start with the Western Conference playoffs, the Eastern Conference playoffs, all the playoffs and everything in between. A big week. The semifinals just started. I know I didn't do a podcast last week. Super busy. I was feeling sick. But the semifinals are now underway. Uh, yesterday, we had the Bucks play the Celtics. The Celtics, after coming off a sweep against the Brooklyn Nets, that was one of the series I got really wrong on my predictions. I picked the Nets to win that series in seven games. And simply, the Nets did not come to play. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they both did not show up when it mattered most. And you and I thought, personally, you know, Kevin Durant, back-to-back final MVP, finals MVP for, for the Warriors. He came up clutch, shot after shot. But when he is the best player on a team, maybe he is not so effective. Yes, he is getting into his late 30s, early 30s. I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but I know he is in the back end of his prime, if not out of it already. But the expectation of him still being so great is there. We saw Charles Barkley on TNT call him, a bus rider rather than a bus driver, referring to him in Golden State where Steph Curry was the the bus driver of that team and he rode along and won two championships. Kevin Durant is very much a bus driver in his prime, but in this back end of his career, he just isn't the same player. He is still phenomenal, unguardable from the mid-range, but the things he can do on the defensive end are way less. You could say the same for Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kyrie was fasting for Ramadan. He's coming off the whole COVID thing where he couldn't even play in New York. There's all these factors that were holding back this team. There's all these um, things that, that didn't go right. Where like this team, they had James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And they were expected to make the finals. Then Harden wants out. Everything begins to spiral. And it's just not the same team. They bring in Ben Simmons. He sits out. Just a disgraceful thing. His whole... Oh, my back hurts. Just so many things went wrong for the Nets. Absolutely everything that could have gone wrong. You compare them to the Lakers. These two teams were supposed to be in the finals. And they just, they didn't even come close. So, really disappointed from the Nets. But the Celtics, they showed a lot on the defensive end. Jason Tatum, absolutely phenomenal. He is the star on that team. And then you got guys like Jalen Brown, such a great second star. Marcus Smart. The best leader on the team, role player. You got Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. Robert Williams does his job. Al Horford does his job. And everyone in between 
does their job. So this Celtics team's looking scary. Now, as far as yesterday goes, they played the Bucks, who just came off of a pretty easy series win against the Bulls, I would say. A pretty dismantled Bulls team uh, with a lot of injuries with uh, with Lonzo out and Caruso still kind of banged up. So they just didn't really have their guys, and, and Giannis took advantage. No one could guard him in this series. But yesterday at the TD Garden... Giannis took on Jason Tatum for game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, and boy, it did not disappoint. Giannis dominated having a triple-double. Yes, it wasn't his best game possible. You know, I completely acknowledge that. But he still played to the standard of, I'm ready to win a championship. I'm ready to win finals MVP once again. He showed that he is the consensus best player in basketball yesterday yesterday afternoon. And I've been a massive Giannis supporter since he came in the league because of his humble nature, how he was how he's raised. And now that he is the best player in the world and he's averaging 30 with 12 rebounds and 5 assists, he still has the same demeanor. And that is what separates him from other superstars. Is his willingness to still involve his teammates in everything he does, his willingness to be a team player when the going gets tough. And he did all that and more yesterday. They put Jason Tatum on him for the majority of the game. Robert Williams uh, wasn't really... He's still kind of banged up. And Jason Tatum got cooked, simply. He got babied, right? Giannis is just a grown man. He made Jason Tatum look like a kindergartner. I mean, it it was ridiculous. Um, Really tough time for Giannis guarding Tatum. I mean, for Tatum guarding Giannis. And uh, it proved for the Bucs to end up winning that game. Initially, to start this series, I picked the Celtics to win in six because of the absence of Chris Middleton. And I'm going to stick with that. But my concern with the Celtics moving forward in this series is who is going to stop Giannis? Because somebody's got to do it. And if you don't stop him, the Bucks are going to go on and win the NBA championship. They will win the whole thing if no one can stop Giannis. Because the best player in the world is going to do the best player in the world things. You got to make someone else beat you. And the Celtics did not do that yesterday. So um, if I'm the Celtics, you make adjustments on defense. You do something to just get the ball out of Giannis's hands. And just if the other people beat you, you tip your cap. Um, so it's got to be that approach. But Celtics, they got to win the next game. Because if they lose the next game on the road or at home, I mean, if the Bucks win on the road and the Celtics lose at home, it's over. I really do think that the series is done. So they got to win game two. So Scott to come out. They got to learn from their mistakes and get a win. Uh, as far as the second uh, semifinal game of yesterday goes, uh, it was Warriors-Grizzlies, a highly anticipated series. High flyer John Morant with the Grizzlies. He's their best player. They got a lot of other great role players. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark's great. Jaron Jackson Jr. is slowly emerging into a star. Um And then you have the veteran Warriors team, you know, the best team in the Western Conference. Um, You got Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond. They got everybody they need to win a championship. And they came out yesterday and it was a super good game. Um, The officials were horrendous both ways. Um, They got Draymond for a flagrant two on a play that was not a flagrant two at all. Um, Kind of just like, yes, it was a flagrant one. It was inadvertent contact. He didn't mean to hurt him. But a flagrant two, when I think of a flagrant two, I think not necessarily a brawl, but but something intense where maybe there's a punch thrown or or a serious hit to the face. And this wasn't that. So I didn't I didn't agree with the flagrant two foul at all. I thought it was 
blasphemous, uh, to put it simply. Um, and then there was just a lot of other calls that were just bad. Like the refs were just not good yesterday, both ways, both ways. Um, in the end, the Grizzlies, they had a big lead and then Steph started heating up pool, starting heating up. Even after Draymond was ejected, they had a fire lit under them that we're going to somehow win this game on the road without one of our best players, our best leader, our best defender, our best voice in the locker room. We're going to win without him. And they did just that. Clay had a really bad night. Um, I think the thing that I've noticed with Clay coming back is his shot selection is really poor. I think he just has to get back to taking smart shots. I don't like the little one leg uh, fadeaways. Those aren't effective. Uh, it's just really bad to watch. It's bad basketball. So if he can find the fine line of a good shot selection and still being aggressive, I think he will be a star once again. And I think he'll emerge as the playoffs continue, but that is just what I observed um, so far since he's come back. And as far as the Grizzlies go, really cocky team over there. And I get it, they're young, but somebody's going to humble them. And if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be the Golden State Warriors because of their veteran presence. And I think it would be good for Ja, Dylan Brooks, all of them to get humbled because they would come back next year and they would be one of the best teams. So I have the Warriors winning in six games. I think they could win in five, honestly, um, based off of what I saw yesterday. Warriors didn't even play good and they still pulled out the win. Um, so a lot of things that, that could go right uh, for both squads, but but I would have the Warriors in six um, and, and keep that prediction as of now. But... Steph Curry still played great. Um, this Warriors team is looking like the, the championship favorite at the moment. Uh, moving on to games on uh, on Monday, we have the Mavericks versus the Suns. Um, this is the other Western Conference semifinal. I think the Suns are going to win this series. Uh, they're the best team in the Western Conference record-wise, um, and the Mavericks just don't have enough firepower behind Luka. I mean, they have Luka Doncic, and that's basically it. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's going to score the rock. Dorian Finney-Smith's going to hit some threes. Maxi Kleba. But you don't have the Devin Bookers of the world or the Chris Paul to accompany with Luka Doncic. The DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges. This Suns team has just so many weapons. I think it's going to overpower the Mavericks in the end. Now, with that being said, I think that the Suns... I mean, I think that the Mavericks are going to put up a fight. I think that Luka, in a couple games, is going to drop a 30-point triple-double. Um, it kind of caused havoc with the Suns, maybe get that locker room a little tense. And I think that the Mavs end up pushing this to six games, um, just because of the fact that Luka is, is really good and a a top three point guard in the NBA. So, um, I've got the, the Suns in six, and I think that D book is going to be the, uh, the X factor for the Suns. Cause if D book doesn't play well, they're not a, a great team. Chris Paul is great because he passes the rock and his players hit shots. And he's a super good leader. And he's clutch. He has all these traits. But without Devin Booker, this team... he Devin Booker is the best player on the floor. He's the best shooting guard in the NBA. This team revolves around Devin Booker's success. And if he doesn't play well, they're going to be in for a long night and long nights ahead. Um, but I, but I do think that the Suns pull this out in six games. As far as the Eastern, other Eastern Conference semifinal goes, we have the Heat and the Sixers and Joel Embiid, uh, he was diagnosed with a concussion. He's out for games one and two. So, um, it's going to be a big loss for them. Um, Kyle Lowry is out for game one tonight or, uh, Monday night, I believe. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, 
but I do think that um, the Heat will end up winning this series in five or six, um, just because of the fact that their defense is so, so good. This defense, they play as a team. They can switch everything. Bam Adebayo can guard one through five. Jimmy Butler can guard one through five. All these guys collectively present one of the toughest defensive challenges any team is going to face all year. Um, And they got their swag. Spo is the best head coach in the league in my eyes right now. Um, And this team is going to be dangerous if they get out of this round. They could be, they can make the finals just because of how good that defense is. So I do have the Heat winning this series. It wouldn't shock me if the Sixers won. But with Joel Embiid being out game one and two, it's really hard for me to pick them. Harden isn't the same Rockets Harden. I think I think we know that. He's not the same 38 points per game type player. So he, in Joel Embiid's absence, isn't going to be that far and away best scorer on the floor. The good thing for the Sixers, though, is they have Matisse Thibel back for all games this series, even the ones on the road. Uh, he wasn't able to play in Toronto because of the vaccine mandate, and he doesn't have it. But I still just don't see a world where the Heat lose this series if Joel Embiid's out for games one and two. Because I think the Heat will win both games, one and two, with, without Embiid. Because who is going to stop? Who is going to... The Heat are going to easily stop the Sixers on offense, unless Harden just goes crazy. Maxi goes crazy. But right now, it's looking like the Heat are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals once again. So, um, really excited to see how that series plays out. I'm going to keep you guys updated, but... um. Yeah, that starts Monday night as far as those games, but a great start so far, and I just can't wait to see uh, what else we got in store uh, for these playoffs. So super excited. Finals prediction as of now, if it would be updated, it'd be Warriors-Celtics still. Um, I think the winner of the Celtics-Bucks series makes the finals, and I think that the Warriors make the finals. Um, So we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, a lot still to do, so pretty excited. Uh, moving on to, let's do uh, MLB. I wanted to talk about baseball a little bit. Um, a lot going on there. The Mets are still scorching hot. They have won every series they've been in so far this season. Um, the NLS is absolutely loaded. They have four teams with 12 wins or more with the Rockies, Giants, Padres, and Dodgers. All really good teams that will probably make the playoffs. Uh, the Brewers, they're playing super well. I know they've had an easy schedule. It's similar to the Dodgers. We don't know exactly what they're about yet because of the schedule they've had. Um, But obviously the Dodgers are still that all-star stacked team over there. They're going to be a threat all season, a World Series contender. My concerns with the Brewers, however, are are the the order. I'm so confident in their starting pitching with Corbin Burns, who in my eyes, with Jacob deGrom out, is the best starting pitcher in baseball. But it's the it's the lineup for me. You know, Kutch, he's been phenomenal for them, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, but Renfro, there's struggles there. Willie Adamas has fallen off a tad. And then it's like the it's the six, seven, eight, nine, right? That's always um peculiar, I should say, uh, for the Brewers. Um Yelich hasn't played well, Wong's been kinda off. Um Narvaez isn't hitting the same that he has been, so there's all these guys that still need to step up. But the Brewers right now, they lead the NL Central. The Cardinals are sneaking up on them. Um, Nolan Arenado, he's been playing really, really well after I was doubting him um, offensively. Um, but he's really stepped it up this year, so that's great to see. Um, so many gold glovers on that squad. And then um, the Cubbies, they're, they're kind of struggling, but they've gotten a couple wins. So that's kind of the NL Central recap. 
Um, and then in the East, as I said, the Mets are just dominating. Um, Phillies are struggling. Uh, Braves are looking really bad. Um, don't really know what's going on there. I know it has to do with injuries. I get it. But like at the same time, you're the defending World Series champions. You have some expectations. And you got to come in and you got to be willing to win and, and win big games, big moments. Um, so, yeah. But the NL is really stacked right now. The American League um, East is super stacked as well with the Yankees. They've won nine in a row. Um, I honestly wasn't expecting them to be this good. I know, yeah, they have the team on paper, but the Yankees never really put it together, right? And and it, I just didn't know that they were going to be this good this year. But the lineup is flourishing. Aaron Judge is on fire. Anthony Rizzo is the hottest hitter in baseball. Um, Garrett Cole's getting this stuff back. They just got Savvy back, um, you know. So they're going to be in good position. They could win the division. Um, you also have the Blue Jays in the East who are phenomenal. The Red Sox, they've struggled, but they'll probably pick it up soon. Um, and I really like what I've seen out of the Orioles, young guys, and what I've seen out of the Rays. You know, just that whole division um, is super, super good. So that's going to be a tough race uh, moving towards the end of the season. Um, in the AL Central, Byron Buxton looks like the best player in baseball, if we're going to put it simply. I mean, Obviously, Mike Trout is the best in baseball, but Byron Buxton is hotter than anyone. His defense, he's just a five-tool player that can do it all. Um, So it was super refreshing to see how good he is um, and that he's staying healthy, right? That's always been the concern. Byron Buxton's skill has always been there. The talent has always been in the upper echelon of the league, but the the health. The health has always been a concern, and now he's staying healthy. So just knock on wood that that he... uh, he stays as healthy as he has been. Um, moving on to the American League West, the Angels look really, really good. So do the Astros um, and the Mariners. They're winning some games. Julio Rodriguez just got his first Major League home run today. Um, so that was really nice to see. And uh, yeah, these races are going to heat up. As a whole, the league is so much more tight than it had been in the past years. Um, a lot of teams emerging. Uh, we have a big Giants-Dodgers series on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. That's going to be a really nice preview of a division race that's going to be tight all season long. So, um, And Redone Urias pitching matchup in particular on Tuesday is going to be must-see TV. Um, so super excited to see how that breaks down. Uh, so that's all I got for the MLB. Just kind of uh, moving along with the season. Um, and we're still in the beginning. Um, so, But really excited. Uh, for what the rest has in store, and uh, super happy with what I've seen so far. Uh, moving on to the NFL, I'm going to just do a whole draft special for about five minutes, um, and that'll be the conclusion of the podcast, but the NFL draft. Um, I have a lot of winners. I have a lot of losers. I like a lot of picks. I don't like a lot of picks. Um, I'm going to start with your winners, Okay. The New York Jets were the biggest winner of this draft, and I've seen it preached across a lot of platforms. A lot of different creators have said this, but getting Sauce Gardner at four and then getting Wilson at, I believe it was 10, and then snagging Jermaine Johnson at the back end of day one, that is just ridiculous. What a draft from the Jets. They obviously they need to fill a lot of needs, right? They have a lot of holes that they need to fill, but this is the best step in the right direction they possibly could have had. Sauce Gardner in college was the best corner. Will it translate to the NFL? Who knows, right? I have some concerns because he reminds me a lot of Jeff Okuda. 
And Jeff Okuda was the best corner at Ohio State. And he gets drafted by the Lions third overall, and then he comes into the league, and he just doesn't perform. And this is the concern I have for Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, however, he's a lot taller. He's quicker. He does a lot more things for your team on the football field. So I'm excited what he can do. But I really love the Garrett Wilson pick. That was phenomenal at 10. And then Jermaine Johnson. I know he's old. I know he's older. But coming out of Florida State, great coaching over there. He's going to ball. And he's coming off that edge. He's going to be just a force all season uh, to the quarterback. And it was just a great step in the right direction. Robert Sala, um, the the management over there is getting a lot better. and, And I can see them working, to put it simply. So really nice to see that for the Jets. Another winner I loved was the Baltimore Ravens. They got Kyle Hamilton late in the draft, who, in, in a lot of people's eyes, was the best player in this draft, and he fell, I believe it was 14, uh, where the Ravens got him, which is ridiculous that a safety that good, like a generational safety, we're thinking Harrison Smith-esque, is in the league now, and so many teams pass on him, but the Ravens steal him late in the draft. Um, they also got Lindenbaum, who, or Linderbaum, uh, who, in the late end of the draft, who is the best center, in this class. So they filled two positions of need with the two best in the draft. So you can't ignore that. Um, this was one of the best drafts from the Baltimore Ravens as well. Um, another team I liked, I, I really liked what the Niners did. I think they filled a lot of needs. They got a steal late, uh, with Penn State's, um, corner. They got Ole Miss's speedy receivers. So there was a lot of good places, a couple tackles, um, where they got it. I also love the Lions draft, uh, super good with Aiden Hutchinson, um, and then Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Those are just two really, really solid picks. So that's what I had as far as the winners are concerned. Now moving on to the losers briefly, I think one of the losers is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Trayvon Walker at pick number one is simply a risk. It is probably the biggest risk that any team took in this draft. Because it is such a prestigious pick. The most prominent pick of the draft everyone remembers is the number one overall pick. And you go with a guy that is basically sheer potential in Trayvon Walker where there is no production just yet. Potential, not production. And that's where my concern was. Aiden Hutchinson, he had the production. As well as the potential. He was the safer pick. If I were the Jaguars, I would have gone with Aiden Hutchinson. But they saw something in Trayvon Walker that not a lot of people saw, including me. And I just hope it doesn't bite them in the butt. Because the Jaguars, they are historically bad for drafting. You know, if you look back through the years, they just haven't been that good at picking players. And this is a reason that they're still um, in poverty and not succeeding you know they had that one run with that phenomenal defense with Jalen Ramsey and all those dudes and they made the AFC championship with Blake Bortles at QB and it was like how in the world did they do this but besides that it has been a rough rough past 30 years for this franchise and I just hope it doesn't hurt them once again I'm also gonna say that I believe every team in the draft is a loser for not picking Malik Willis higher this man has so much potential and he doesn't even go in the top 50 he drops down to about pick 90 that is just ridiculous because in the in the Titans snag him phenomenal pickup by the titans because Tannehill's cap hit is awful as far as the contract goes 
And when Malik Willis is good and he can take over, start in there, and you have a new QB, a franchise QB potentially, and it was no risk involved. You pick him at pick 90, no risk involved. If he sucks, who cares? It was pick 90 overall. It doesn't matter. You got your guys already. But the fact that he fell that far to me is absolutely ridiculous. And I just hope teams don't regret it as the season goes on. Because, and I hope the Steelers in particular don't regret it. They picked Kenny Pickett at pick 20. The Falcons picked Desmond Ritter over Malik Willis. All these guys going before Malik when there was, there was a, an idea a few weeks ago, a few months ago, where Malik Willis was a top five pick in this draft. And I don't know what these teams saw. They must have saw something I don't know. Something in the physical, something in the combine that they didn't like because the fact that he fell this far is crazy to me. It is really, really crazy. And I just hope that it doesn't hurt these teams in the end. Um, I thought and when I was watching the draft, you know, midway through, when it was pick 32 and the Lions had the pick, I was thinking Malik Willis is going to go pick 32. We're going to have a story like Lamar Jackson's where you go at the back end of the draft, pick 32, and you prove everybody wrong. But no, they passed on him, and so did everybody, till pick 90. So I was super shocked by that. I had Malik Willis going to the Steelers at pick 20, and they went with Pickett. Um, I really like Pickett. I think he's a good fit for the Steelers, but I'm just saying, this could really hurt teams as we look back on this season later. So those are the winners. Those were the losers. There was a lot of mediocre picks in the draft, but there weren't any other major losers besides the Patriots picking Cole Strange. Um, just ridiculous. Bill Belichick. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking there, but watch him turn him into an all pro. Wouldn't shock me at all. So um, that is basically all I had for the NFL draft. That's basically all I had for this podcast. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed everything I brought. This is about a 26 minute podcast. So really nice to see. Um, I have a big interview coming up that I haven't released yet. It should be happening within the next month. Um, so I'm going to keep you guys updated. I can't wait to get it done. Um, so yeah, super, super cool. Um, hope you guys enjoy, or hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Please tune into the NBA action. Um, it's going to be great as well as a lot of great MLB games throughout this week. Um, action pack sports. So super, super fun times to be a sports fan. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, please follow, do all those things. Um, and yeah, just share the video and, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Peace.